Good morning. Good morning. Ready for our coffee to finish. So we thought we'd throw some mics on. Was it on this podcast that we talked about this Wendell Berry quote, be like the fox? Yes. Be like the fox making more tracks than necessary, so I'm in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. There you go. <laughs> so we've been reading together yes. a book called Super Forecasting and talking about predictions mm-hmm. and um, it's been pretty fascinating. Yeah, very interesting. One of the things that this book talked about was making a differentiation between what they called hedgehogs and foxes. Mm-hmm. The difference being that hedgehogs know one thing really well and um, that's sort of what their worldview revolves around. They have a strong worldview. Yeah, they, they fit everything else to this one thing that they know. But they have a deep expertise, perhaps. Mm-hmm. They contrasted the hedgehog with the fox that knew lots of things, a lot of different things and would explore. And it kind of that reminded me of the quote even more, yeah, that they're making much. a lot of tracks. So this book was specifically talking about being like the fox in that you have an open mind and you know a lot of different things and yeah. that, that feeds into being able to make better predictions. Yeah, and it was really interesting. I mean, he had actual research behind the fact that people who had more of a fox-like thinking, who were more open-minded, tended to do better at making predictions. Yes. Um, and their predictions were more accurate, which was really interesting. Yeah. And, and it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, I think particularly when you're thinking about outcomes of things, there's so many variables and so many things that are uncontrollable. Yeah. And so having a breadth of experience and knowing a lot of things or having tried a lot of things and being open to taking new information Mm -hmm. and not trying to cram that information into some set idea already but to really let that new information adjust your thinking that it makes sense that that would be a better way to make predictions yes so then you were reading a different book that also used this same metaphor but in a very different way yeah Yeah. well i'm reading a few books (laughs) i'm also reading um walter isaacson's biography of leonardo da vinci yeah every time you read that you get so uh, excited (laughs) you're like loving that it's incredible um but he's definitely talking about all the different things that leonardo is interested in as a scientist as a Mm. um putting on plays and performances, mm-hmm. definitely art, studying anatomy, mm-hmm. um, lots on water and shadows, and each yeah, of those things... Yeah, definitely a Renaissance fan. Like. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and each of those things, it's very much Fox thinking. It feeds into all the others. Yeah. He's drawing roots and seeing rivers mm-hmm. kind of separating out or looking at seeds and seeing the fetus forming in a mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of those connections. And so that really reminds me of this forecasting and this fox-like thinking. And some of his discoveries weren't really rediscovered until hundreds of years later. He was like so far ahead of his time. But he was looking at everything and mm-hmm. super fascinated in all these different different areas. Yeah. So this was kind of like my my introduction to this hedgehog versus fox thinking. And then I'm also reading another book called The Second Mountain. And this book is talking about forming deep commitments and digging in. And, and that's the path to fulfillment in life. It, it sounds like, I haven't read The, the yeah. Second Mountain, but it sounds like from what you shared with me about it too, like it's really talking kind of about these two stages of life and that as we grow older and move through more pain, our focus should rightly shift more to community, more to um, service, more to kind of digging in 
to commitments within those things. Is that? Yes. Um, and so it, it sounded like from what you said, it mentioned also this hedgehog and fox thinking, but while um, kind of praising or uplifting the hedgehog thinking versus the fox's think thinking. Exactly. So kind of contra contrasting these two ideas. Yeah. It was funny for me to be reading two different books and have that come up, but yeah. saying the opposite thing that it's, <laughs> yeah. You, the super forecasters, you should be like the fox, and then on yeah. the second mountain, you should be like the hedgehog and really dig in. Mm -hmm. And maybe those are different areas of life. You're digging into relationships and... Yeah, um, I, I think what it makes me think about too is, uh, we've talked before about keeping your identity small. Yes, Paul Graham has yeah. a wonderful essay called Keep Your Identity Small. Mm -hmm. And basically he says the more identities that you take on, mm -hmm. basically the dumber you get, that you, it's a substitute for thinking a lot of times. Yeah, and we've had kind of interesting conversations around that because on the one hand, I really uh, agree and I think it's an interesting concept and we, we do need to have be kind of malleable in our thinking and able to take in new information and all of that. But I think from a psychological standpoint, identity is really important to a sense of belonging and a sense of place. Yeah. Yeah, sure, having and so, some history and... Yeah, and so keeping, like, people who have very little sense of identity have also some, some problems. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it, it tends to feed into other um, issues or insecurities. And I sure. wonder if that kind of is sort of the differentiation in these two books, even. Like, mm. if you want to be good at forecasting and be maybe even wise to some extent, able to make decisions and have discernment, be like the fox. Like, keep your identity small, try lots of things, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. um, don't get too attached to things, be able to be open-minded and take in new information and all of that. But if you want to have a clear sense of belonging, then you need to have some roots in something and that mm -hmm. that means being a little bit more like hedgehog and digging in a little deeper, committing to something, having an identity that you hold and identify with. Does that make sense? It does. And maybe it's not either or. Maybe no, I don't know that it needs to be, yeah. There's different areas of our life and we can approach them differently. It was just interesting to have the, this, those contrasting messages uh, yeah. from new, new metaphors for me anyway yeah and I really liked both of them yeah yeah I think you're right that there's probably some some balance in that or some way to kind of hold both I think we need things that we hold and we need beliefs that we hold and worldviews that we hold and like those things give us a sense of security and a sense of belonging and and yet we also need to be able I, I think maybe the, the where the balance comes for me is being able to still adjust and take in new things to have enough flexibility in our mental thinking to to while committing to things still adapt or yeah I, with new it, information. I feel like it's easy to maybe become there's a stereotype perhaps that this hedgehog type thinking can lead to being hard-headed yeah you know one cannot learn what they think they already know right so how do we have deep roots and commitment while still being open-minded and oh, open to new uh, new ways of doing things and even that that can feed into these commitments yeah i think some of that probably comes down to fear, mm, fear. Um, well i think that when i think of people who are really hard-headed or or even in myself when and this is a really silly example but if i have an app that i love and and use all the time and it changes sometimes it's kind of hard for me and i get a little yeah, and frustrated <laughs> where is the why is this not the way i wanted it to be yes or the way i'm used to it being um and i think there's some underlying fear in that of having to learn something new or having to adjust my behavior mm. um i mean i think as people we like knowing what to expect and the unknown is is sort of a scary thing or or the unpredictable or the uncertain or the un already experienced, you know, like are, all those things are a little bit terrifying. Yes. <laughs> and 
I think that's part of why we sometimes hold so close to our ideas and our beliefs and our worldview, because it's scary to be presented with new information that might change that. And so I, I think maybe learning how to be flexible also has to do with learning how to face your fear and look that fear in the face and say, you know, like, this new information unsettles me. <laughs> it yeah, scares me. Sure. It, it changes what I thought I knew. And yet it's still here. And how can I, how can I face that head on? Or, I, you know, does that make sense? Yes. Cognitive dissonance is a terrifying thing. Yeah. I, I think cognitive dissonance is, it's always terrifying, but it becomes less terrifying having experienced it. Mm. Does that make sense? You can get better at it. Yeah, you can kind of. Like, you can train yourself to not be so terrified when presented with changes in your ideas or beliefs or experiences or... Do you train yourself to be less terrified or do you train yourself to be okay with the terror? I think it's probably more okay with the terror, you know? Like, you kind of get used to that feeling. And, and I think it's very similar It's very similar to the kind of training you have to do to create anything in the world. You have to train yourself to push against the resistance or that fear of of, you know, and those voices that tell you that you're not good enough, that no one's going to want this, that, you know, yeah. who are you to be doing this, all of that stuff. Like, mm -hmm. and the more that you do that, the easier it gets. And, and so as some of, I, I kind of wonder if also some of the value of being like the fox in trying lots of things or um, making lots of tracks is that it gives you experience in cognitive dissonance. <laughs> you know? Mm. Like it, it takes you outside of that protective bubble or whatever. Right. So you're better able to handle that. And so then even when you still do hold these strong ideas or these strong identities or these strong beliefs, you have experience adjusting those and mm -hmm. um, adapting them to new information. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, I think psychologically, I was watching um, this ex-FBI hostage negotiator talk about negotiation. And one of the things he says is to start with like getting to the no, having mm. the other person say no is really, we feel like in a negotiation, that's not what we want. Mm. But he really wants to get the other person to say no because that feels safe. And I think that's what Once happens when, feel we, safe, then they when we have that cognitive dissonance. That change is, is scary. Yeah. So when we say no, then we feel in control. Yeah. And that's when the negotiation can actually start because then then they feel like okay I'm safe I'm saying no I have some control this still, control some and even he'll flip the question instead of saying like does this look good or mm -hmm. is this deal I mean whatever yeah um, he can say oh is this a terrible idea and you still get to say no and you feel in control but things are still moving along interesting and so I wonder if there's ways that we could do that in our own lives yeah for ourselves kind of to negotiate with our own psyche <laughs> right yeah that we can approach cognitive dissonance from a different direction. I don't know. Yeah, I like that thought a lot. On that note. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> As always in this podcast, we don't have a lot of answers. <laughs> we just like to raise a lot of questions and get curious about things. So I think this is an interesting thing to get curious about. And I'm, yeah, there might be something to negotiating with yourself in some ways. That's an interesting phrase. I like that, negotiating with, with yourself. I think that takes a lot of... Um, self-awareness. Yeah, self-awareness and mindfulness of thought patterns. Mm -hmm. But I want to try to be more conscious of how I'm being fox-like and how I'm being hedgehog-like in, yeah. my, in my life. And Maybe where, being more intentional with choosing where you're doing which or when yeah, you're Yeah, what which. areas of my life mm -hmm. am I more hedgehog-like and fox-like? I like that. So be like the fox and maybe sometimes like the hedgehog too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on Instagram, I'm Beth Stedman, and this is my husband, Brian Stedman. And you can find us there just under our names. We would love to hear from you and we hope you keep listening.